0: What up with your Doug Gottlieb show? Fox Sports Radio. Mm, mm, mm. So there's a lot of talk about one team, but it, it's like anything else. It takes two to tango. Real credit card questions require real people. Someone who understands your issues works to resolve them. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S. space representatives available 24-7. Exceptionally, uh, Discover exceptionally common sense. The Bengals beat the Chiefs. And it was a amazing football game and another amazing showing from Joe Burrow. Here's Joe Burrow talking about his team making the playoffs.
1: Everyone knows that mean, you know, F it. Jamar's down there somewhere. I'm going <laughs> to just throw it up to him. He's going to make a play. I said it in the preseason. And we were talking about playoffs, and I said goal is the playoffs, and the easiest way to do that is to win the division. Everyone kind of laughed at us a little bit, but you know, we knew the kind of team we had, the kind of guys in the locker room that we had, and we knew we could go out and do it.
0: You know, what's fascinating, again, I recall I recall that when Joe Burrow was coming out, there were people in my position and in other positions where they're analysts that said Joe Burrow should absolutely positively not go to the Cincinnati Bengals. Do you guys remember that? Anybody remember that? Jay Stewart, yes, do you remember that? I remember that. You're 100% correct. And when they made the coaching hire— same thing in Arizona, same thing in Green Bay. Oh, you got these young, unproven guys, and how's that turned out for him? You know, how's that worked out for him? It's amazing what this team has done, being, uh, having been a turnaround from a two-win season two years ago. Here's Burrow talking about his philosophy in passing to Jamar Chase.
1: Everyone knows that mean, you know, F it. Jamar's down there somewhere. I'm going <laughs> to just throw it up to him. He's going to make a play.
0: The officiating wasn't very good. Here's Andrew Reed talking about it.
2: Cincinnati did a heck of a job, uh, but when when you have the lead, uh, you want to keep the lead. So we stalled the first couple of series and the penalties, that's what got us. And um, there, were, there were way too many penalties, nine penalties, including a touchdown on a kickoff return, fourth down play, uh, where our defense did a
0: nice job of stopping them on the one foot line. I'd like to comment on each one, but I don't want to be, be fined. Um. Look, the, the, I mean, that was one of the craziest endings ever, where Zach Taylor, always got to do is kick the field goal, go up three, try to bleed out the clock. And instead, he went forward on fourth down. They're penalized. There's offsetting penalties. They go forward again. They got stopped. There's another penalty. Uh, and it was a defensive hold, which creates a first down. And eventually, eventually they take a couple of knees and kick a field goal and win the game as the clock expires. Which, by the way, is the ultimate respect for Pat Mahomes. When you're willing to go for it, even after not getting it, and go for it again and again and again, when you just kick the field goal, you take the lead, it it says more about what you think of the other team and the other guy than it does anything else. The officiating was bad, but can we point out the fact that Kansas City only had three points in the second half? Some of it is the Bengals are a massively improved defense. Some of it is that Kansas City is not as good as we would like to believe. The truth is, somewhere in the middle. And they did not play that well. And some of it is, I thought the officiating was crummy. It was just crummy. There's, there's no other way to explain other than say, you know what, it, it was not a well-officiated game. So, y- yes, uh, John Ramos. Don't you think, uh, when you talked about the officiating, don't you think the officiating has been... And, Brian, I guess we could say this about every year, no, but... Deficiating hasn't been great, period. I mean, I sent you guys a, a a picture of that Tennessee game where the guy literally was like four feet from the first down mark and they gave him a first down, and I'm like, what game are they? I mean, they're on the field. Like, how many I don't understand it. So I agree with you. I think deficiating has been not great. Would you would you say that, or is that a little bit too harsh to say the whole season? Um I, I think it's been bad. I, I I don't but I also think that, Officiating a football game is really hard. I, uh, I just no, I don't think it's right. been pretty. I I didn't I didn't see a I didn't see a penalty at all on Kansas City on the the defensive holding question. I I got to admit I have no. I liked I liked watching Cincinnati Bengals. I, I think it's great fresh energy. I love the Unis. I love Burrow and the swag. That's and I I but I there was no penalty there. It just wasn't, especially one that changed the game like that. So yeah, there, there's been it's been a it's been a bit of a rough year. Been a bit of a rough year. Um but I would also point out that like look, here we are where the the Chiefs regressed in a time when now they don't have the home field advantage throughout. That thing changed dramatically, dramatically on that game. That was a a massive, massive uh uh change. Could not be any bigger. Um but I sit here and look and like, we, we have a tendency to do this where we, it's like the Arizona-Dallas game, right? Dallas lost the game. We're only focused on what's wrong with Dallas. How about saying, you know what, Arizona, a lot of people doubted you. You went home, you went in and beat Dallas at Dallas. That was a gigantic win. We we sit here and focus on Cincinnati and how big a win that is. Why are we not focusing on what's the matter with the Kansas City offense? Why Why, why not? Explain that one to me. You know, um, so I, I I do think that was a that was a weird one. That was a weird one. Hmm. Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. What a what a great day to watch football. What a great weekend to watch football. And it was a weird one in that the college games on Saturday, which technically didn't affect the playoff, seemed to be better. And seem to be more watchable than the actual playoff games. You know what's funny is, like, we'll we'll do, we've done that. We did this thing to Cincinnati, the Bearcats, right? Where it's like, well, don't anybody say they don't belong because look at the score and look at how many other teams have gotten destroyed by Alabama, right? Have you heard that one? Jay Stu, have you heard that one before? Ralph, have you guys heard that before? like, "Hey, listen. Other teams, Michigan State's been destroyed before. Oklahoma's been beaten before. They've all been beaten before. Let's not call out Cincinnati." Have you guys heard that? Of course. Yeah. Okay, can I can I can I dispel that as a as a really, really bad take? First of all, generally how you perform does does not necess- does, does not prove Inclusion was, especially in the NCAA tournament. If you get in, anybody can win any game. It's should you have gotten in. All right. Now, for Cincinnati, no, I, I think if Oklahoma State would have won, I, I didn't think they belonged in. Um, the only reason they got in over Notre Dame was they beat Notre Dame. Otherwise, a one-loss Notre Dame team, it's, it's a harder road. The attrition, even though their schedule wasn't as difficult as it looks on paper because the ACC that they play against was weak this year, It was still harder than Cincinnati. But why aren't we admitting that the game wasn't competitive? That Alabama, this is one of their worst defenses they've had under Nick Saban, statistically. And Cincinnati could not move the football. Could not move the football. And Cincinnati played in such a conservative fashion that they got basically what they wanted out of it. They got a close loss. 27 to 6. The game was never in question, never in doubt. You know, there was a there was a turnover by Bryce Young in the first half. That was like the only time the defense got to stop. Like, that was that. It was 17 to 3 at halftime. You're like, this is not this is like the least competitive 17 to 3 game ever. And by the way, when any of those other teams got in and got demolished, we questioned their credibility on getting in, didn't we? Why can't we do it against Cincinnati? Because you like the story? Stop it. I like the story, too. That game wasn't close. There was a, a clear delineation between one team and the, uh, and the next. Alabama just wanted to get out of there, and Cincinnati just wanted to keep it close. And they did. They kept it close enough. Congratulations. Here's your cigar.
2: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
0: Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. Doug Gottlieb show comes to you live from sunny Southern California. Um, Tonight we got uh, Monday Night Football. Browns, Steelers. Steelers are two and a half point favorites playing at home. Should be the last game uh, Ben Roethlisberger starts at home. And, you know, you hear all kinds of different stuff about it. I mean, like, look, Ben Roethlisberger's owed a bunch of money. He wanted to come back and play. Partially because I'm sure he didn't want to end the way he ended last season, and thought he could get better, partially because I think he wanted to collect all that money. and the Steelers couldn't cut him, couldn't trade him, and so the best they could do was kind of navigate the cap, which will go up next year and um, and, and renegotiate the thing and, and move it a little bit. But he hadn't been good enough. On the other hand, you look at Mike Tomlin and what's out there for him, right? What's out there for him? What's out there for his team? It's pretty obvious. Right. This is the old, th- this is the, what, what matters to you? And you go like, well, you're a professional. I-, I could combat a lot of the professional, non-professional college football discussion. But the point is the Steelers haven't been eliminated from the playoffs, but man, it's kind of close, right? Um, They, what, they have to win the next two, they, they have to win the next Next two, right, and then in order to get close, and then it still probably won't be enough. Is that my my accurate on that? That has to be the scenario, right? Right, because they're not eliminated. There's no E next to their name in the standings. The Jets, the Dolphins, and you're like, how are the Dolphins eliminated at eight and eight? And the Steelers aren't at seven and uh, seven, seven and one. If they get to nine, seven and one, they would need some help. I think they would need the Colts to lose, right? The Colts to lose to basically need everybody to lose, and then to win too. <laughs>
1: That's not that good. <laughs> or maybe maybe they
0: need the Chargers and Raiders to tie, and then they need the I, I don't know. It's it's bad. <clears throat> I, I don't see them getting the playoffs. Um so here's the Manning cast cast. So you have the Manning boys. Bill Cower, quarter one, Roger Goodell, quarter two, Snoop Dogg, quarter three, Aaron Rodgers, quarter four. So once again, they have Aaron Rodgers in that position where if it's a close game, it's a quarterback game, man. You're gonna get a lot from him. And so we have the chance to have Baker playing against Ben and all of the Super Bowls and MVPs and everything with the Mannings and Aaron Rodgers all at once. Or it could be a really bad game, and you have Aaron Rodgers, and yeah, that'll be interesting. Um Will Snoop Snoop Dogg now, Snoop knows, loves follows football, and huge Steeler fan as well. I think Snoop plays it straight. I don't think he comes in in full Snoop persona with, you know, looking like uh, Paul Pierce playing poker smoking with ladies around. But I'm all for it if he wants to go that way. Um, Jason uh, Jason Stewart, who likes to pick apart this guest list, what do you think?
1: Um, You know, the guest list on I think at first glance it looks pretty impressive, but I just don't think they're going to ask Goodell anything. He's not going to go on an NFL property and answer questions like, "Do you think a lot of people are faking their Vax cards?" Um, but um, you do know, you think Bill, anybody cares? Uh, I do. I personally do. I, you know, he's just not going to get any hard questions. He can't. Right? That's going to be a kind of a light visit. And if you're into that, that's cool. Um, I think we've seen a lot of Snoop, and we sure as heck have seen a lot of Aaron Rodgers. So. Um, And Bill Cowher doesn't do anything for me. He's a nice enough guy, but he's not very interesting, is he?
0: Uh, The real Bill Cowher actually is super interesting, (laughs) right? I don't think he's interesting on CBS. Correct. Um, But that doesn't mean he's not interesting.
1: My favorite part of Bill Cowher is when they have him do the in-game highlights. Let's go to uh, JB in New York, and it's Cowher. And the ambient sound of the game is louder than his high and dying voice. So there, there's no there's no sound of the update. You just got to like watch the video. Ralph Hervin, what do you
3: think of this cast of, of characters? I'm still waiting for Roger Goodell to make a statement about uh, mental health in the NFL. And he's not going to do it tonight.
0: So that's right. He ain't going to be on tonight's show. Wait,
3: you you think he should make a statement about mental health in the NFL? They say it every week. It's it's one of it's one of their buzzwords in the NFL of things that they promote is mental health, and whatever you want to say about how selfish or jerk like Antonio Brown is, they had a perfect case of saying we are going to support a, this guy and get him the treatment he needs. They haven't said a word.
0: Well, that's if you think he's having a mental health break or you just think he's an a-hole and he's been an a-hole for a long time.
3: The NFL likes to impose their thoughts on a lot of things. And this is a case where it wouldn't be preachy. It would actually be standing up for players.
0: They're Uh, not doing it. uh, I don't actually think it's their job. I think that's the union's job, to be honest with you. I I don't really. But what is your what is your pushback against the NFL? I'm, I'm fascinated by this. Because uh, I, I do think, I do think you speak for a lot of fans that want to say that. I just, I don't, what What is the NFL's, what, the, what is the, your hang up on the, the NFL? The NFL
3: puts out all their PSAs about if you have trouble, there's somebody to talk to, don't be alone. You know, all the proper things about mental health for, for anybody, not just about NFL players, but for anybody. Sure, sure. And in this case, I'm sorry, this s- screams like a person who went nuts and, as the NFL, we should they should have been proactive in saying, one, this isn't acceptable. This guy can't play until he seeks help. We're going to provide all the help we can. And they've done nothing of the sort. And he, well, re- just, remember that just, Roger Goodell just, is the judge, jury. But he's the judge, jury, and
0: executioner
3: of every NFL penalty. He doesn't need to consult no, anybody. Not. Yes, no, he is.
0: Not. No, he's not. No, he's not. Personal discipline, he is. But he's not for on-field stuff. They got uh, Vincent for that one. I'm right? I'm saying that he has the
3: authority to come out and say, Get help, young man. He won't do it. I've never been this guy, Doug. I've never been this yeah, guy. So but, so
0: so but, so but like look, part of this is like look, I got I got I got woke America trying to rake me over the coals for what I said about Simone Biles and what you're saying is exactly what I knew it would happen. I don't I don't know if he's having a psychological break. No, no, I, don't, I, I, think, I don't either. I think I think I think he's I think he's just a bad dude. Like sometimes they're just bad. Everything people. you're
3: saying I agree with.
0: Right. I but and I, I and the I understand NFL has put the messaging out there
3: that we stand by all social or all mental health issues. And they've done nothing to
0: step up and say they support that. Um, okay. I, I would, but, but here's the, th- here's what's interesting about it. Right. I told people when like Simone Biles, who she, she had, if, it's all mental health is a wide ranging thing. Sure. And what you're talking about is a guy who lost his mind yesterday. Right. But yes. I have to have, my point would be, have to have a mind to lose. Um, but Simone Biles, like she, people, People made her out to be the, the, she's like the athlete of the year for bringing awareness to mental, like, dude, she had the yips. Mm -hmm. She had the yips. And what I said at the time I stand by, which is I, I love the idea. I love the idea of us treating male and female athletes the same. I love the idea of it, but it's a lot like many ideas. The practice of it isn't a reality, right? Because if LeBron James has a mental health break, during the NBA finals, no one's going to go, like, hey, LeBron, it's okay. Right? Guys can be like, are you kidding me? LeBron James not playing the NBA finals because he's mentally like, what? You'll be called soft or crazy, right? When,
3: when it yeah, happens to Antonio Browns, I think it's both. I, I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying in that regard. I just expected something out of the league to come out and say, we're going to be above this so that we actually are making our statement that we are supporting
0: the players. I think part of, in terms of supporting the players, he has to ask for help. He has to say, I have an issue, you know, or his agent has to, because right now it's like, dude, he, he had a guy, he had his, do you guys see his Uber driver went like IG live? and was interviewing him and talking and he dropped some new song. Don't get me wrong. Like he it's, it's the act of a crazy person to just piss away the chance to play with Tom Brady one more time and play in a super, like all you got to do is just go play football. Like this does not seem like that hard a task. It is the actions of a crazy person. But in order for the league to do that, you have to say, or somebody around you has to say like, Hey man, he needs help. And then I think the league actually would. I think they would. I think that's the only saving grace for his career. Yeah, I don't even think it's that saving grace, to be honest. I think it's uh, I, I think no. But, yes, but if he said if his agent came out and goes, hey, he needs mental health, and he goes through a, like a 12 step program and whatever, I think he'd have a shot. Potentially, potentially. Joel Klatt, our guest on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports. Trader a reminder, check out the latest lines in world of sports at BetRiver's Sportsbook. BetRiver's is the trusted name in online sports betting. you got to be 21. Present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Happy New Year to you, Joel. Let me start with, uh, this was Kirk Herbstreet, okay? Okay. Remember Herbie called one of the national semifinals, got on a jet, flew to the Rose bowl, gets up, does college game day, get ready for what was an incredible comeback win for Ohio state. They played without Chris Olave. Um, and uh, one of his teammates has 15 catches for over 300 yards, an unbelievable performance. But this was Kirk Herbstreet in what most of the college sports world is reacting to.
2: What's the difference as a player in saying these games are meaningless when, as we played in quote-unquote meaningless games, I mean, I know you guys were here a lot, but I just don't understand if you don't make it to the playoff, how is it meaningless to play football and compete? Isn't that what we do as football players? We, we compete. So I don't know if changing and expanding it is going to change anything. I really don't. I think this era of player just doesn't love football.
0: Joel, when, when Herbie says he thinks guys don't love football and that's why there are these number of opt outs. What's your reaction?
2: Um, I thought it was unfortunate uh, that, that he went that direction. I disagree with that. I, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I think that um, kids and players and young men do love the sport. And as has been the case since the beginning of, of football, you're always going to have uh, players that love the game and some players that love to be football players. And that's true in basketball and baseball and every, everywhere else. And you know that to be true as well. Um, I thought it was I thought it was unfortunate I think that he got himself caught and and the last statement there I just disagree with now having said that I think that he's probably been vilified a little bit too much because he he does love the sport he loves those that play the sport I don't know him well but I do know that he has done more for this sport than most and it is where it is and the opportunities are are where they are at in large part because of him and the way that he has championed and celebrated this sport so I I I'm not going to sit here and, and bag on the take. I disagree with the take. Um, having said that, I, I have always said this about this decision about opt-outs. If you're talking about it from a value proposition, which is what this decision is being made for, right? NFL. And, and I don't want to get injured. I want to start this process early. I'm opting out so that I can go to the NFL. What that at least to me, is then it's a discussion about value, Doug, and, and, and the discussion about whether you can increase or decrease your value in any number of ways. One of them could be injury, certainly, but some of it could be quality play or poor play. All I'm going to say is that if you can increase your value, you should think hard about playing, okay? If you put on a, a display like you saw from Jackson Smith and Jigba and you were eligible for the draft this year, you're probably making yourself between five and $10 million in just draft spots. If you're Jackson Smith and Jigba now he's not eligible. So that's not going to be the case for him. And he's going to come back next year and we'll see how he plays next year. But if Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson would have come out there and done what Jackson Smith and Jigba did, their first-round players, they could improve their spot by five or ten spots in the first round, which can be upwards between 3 and $10 million. Correct. So to me, it's a a discussion about value. And and so this is where I'll always land. If you can increase your value, you should probably play. And if you can't, and there are only a very few number of players like this, if you can't, then you should think about not playing.
0: Okay, but here's the issue. Now, I agree with you on increasing your value. I do, and and as we've seen, like these usually what we saw with Ohio State and Utah, we saw even with Oklahoma State and Notre Dame, where you know these games hit the over, it, skill position players usually put up crazy numbers, and the defense gets crazy opportunities to make plays, right? It, it generally becomes more of what we saw in those in those games. Um, so I do think you can increase your value, but isn't there also a we we look at this from a me 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 me. Where isn't there a? And I don't know if you felt this when you were at CU, but like those guys that you guys that you those are your guys. Those are your yeah. teammates. No, listen, those are your I mean, friends. Listen, I, isn't there? I, I'm not talking about anything else other than like, hey, let's do it absolutely. one more time. Let's go. Let's go stamp it. Stamp the season.
2: I, absolutely. And and I think that there are there are a lot of players out there that would never even entertain the 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 thought of of opting out. You agree with me, right? And it's because of those, it's because of those points. And I'm not, I will not be the guy that sits there and says, I I wouldn't because I never had this opportunity. All right. I mean, like this is, so I'm not going to sit there and and say that. I do know that there are players that have significant value that would never opt out because they just feel like they want to go compete with their team. And they've been a part of something bigger than themselves for the entire season. And they feel committed to that. And I'm, and But I I don't want to vilify. See, here's the thing is that every one of these decisions is, is not the same. It's not always just about value, even though I tried to boil it down to value in in my last answer, right? Because Doug, there are extenuating circumstances all over the place. I can remember a player and I'm not going to use names because I don't want to like embarrass anybody, but there was a player that I know of that opted out and it was like, wait, why is he opting out? This is weird. He's like a third round draft pick. Well, what you don't know is that his sister had severe health issues and had been in the hospital several different times over the course of his college career. His family had no means, none, I'm t- like none. OK, and he was the only way for her to get the medical care that she really needed, the only way. So he opted out and who am I to tell him that he shouldn't why? Because his college team like was relying on me, like, you know what I mean? So what you're saying, yes, is, is correct. And I, I kind of understand what Kirk is saying and you can boil it down to value and all this, but it's also, we don't know every situation and the ins and outs of every situation. And that's why I think it becomes very precarious to wade into the waters and to, to, to start labeling players that are making the, these decisions because you don't know exactly why they're making them.
0: Uh, uh, we got a bunch to get to. Joel Klatt joining us uh, on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, Cincinnati's showing. What does it do to the future of uh, of the non-Power Fives in the playoff discussion?
2: That's a good question. I don't think it should impact it, but... I've, I've also haven't thought about it in the current system because I'm I'm so convinced that the system is changing, Doug, that I actually have not even thought about what you just asked me. Um, if this was not changing, and, and listen, I believe that it is. I, I believe that it will and is changing. So I have I have just in my mind, I have just considered that moving forward there will be an automatic spot for a group of five team or whatever you want to categorize them, a non-power conference team moving forward. Now, if we were to hold this, this same system, which is, I think, what you're trying to ask me, like, it, w- does it impact the sentiment moving forward, right? And, and I think it absolutely would. I think that it has impacted the sentiment for Notre Dame, the fact that they haven't played great in, in large bowls and continue um, uh, to, to be on the losing end of, of games in the BCS era and the playoff era. And I think that it's hurting them, even when they are having a good year, in terms of sentiment. I think sentiment still matters in our sport. But I do think that we are going to get to a point where this playoff is changing. The the economics of the sport will not allow this playoff to not change. And so moving forward, I think that we will have one of these teams every single year. Therefore, Cincinnati's performance against Alabama will not hurt uh, future non-power conference teams.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I think it's fascinating. I mean, there's there's the and, and this is, again, for a longer discussion. Maybe we should do a pod on it, which is there's the conflict there where ESPN owns most of these bowl games. And if they expand the playoffs, even if they incorporate some of those bowl games, all the rest of them, if you thought they were meaningless before, they're completely meaningless now. Right. And so they're, they're going to cannibalize part of their business for another part of their business. And they might not even be able to maintain all of the playoff games because Fox and CBS are like, yo, we want part of this pie, too. Right. Like it's a it's a really complicated structure that they have to unwind and and rewire. Let me, let me get you to the news of the day. Caleb Williams put his name in the transfer portal. Now, look, his coach left and went to USC, but it does feel like Oklahoma felt like they stabilized themselves with Bob Stoops and now handing it off to a guy who's proved himself successful at Oklahoma and as a defensive coordinator at, at Clemson. What do you think of Caleb Williams, who it feels like he's up for the highest bidder after his coach left Oklahoma?
2: Yeah, and his coach was up for the highest bidder as well, so I don't fault him at all. You know, I, I, you know, and uh, I think <clears throat> that autonomy for the current player is is a good thing. I think that there needs to be some guardrails on the portal, but not in the sense that you you would prevent players from being able to transfer and and further their career at a better spot for them. He was recruited by Lincoln Riley and wanted to go play for a guy that had had you know put three quarterbacks in the NFL. And and had three quarterbacks, two of them win the Heisman. The other was a Heisman finalist. Now he doesn't have that coach. So I was shocked it took this long, to be quite honest with you. Um, and and th- he is now a free agent, and he is up for the highest bidder, and that's the current model. And you know what? Good for him. And and I hope that he lands at a spot that he feels is going to be best for him um, because that's – That's what you make a decision to go to school in the first place based around is, hey, where do I want to go? Where do I want? Who do I want to play for? Where do I want to be? And then when that changes, I feel like you should have the opportunity to then change your surroundings as well. And I I don't find any fault in it whatsoever. The current model is basically that every player is a free agent at all times. Now, like I said, I think that we need to have some guardrails. For instance, I don't think that the transfer portal should be open during the season, but that wouldn't impact this uh, moment for Caleb Williams. I don't think that you should be able to make a, a, an emotional and uninformed decision and basically flush your scholarship down the table uh, or down the toilet, I rather, on a, on a Sunday after not feeling like you got the requisite playing time on a Saturday in October. Like I don't think that benefits anybody, and so I don't think that that should be available. The, the The portal should be closed during the season, but after that, now we're talking about the calendar and roster management and 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 things that are very difficult. But the the fact of the matter is, is that Lincoln Riley was up for the highest bidder, and so is Caleb Williams, and and more power to him.
0: Uh, here's what I like about the Caleb Williams: I like that he played the bowl game. I like that he took it for a test drive. I do think though that i don't think you can go back to oklahoma after this you can say I don't i'll go think back so either i don't think you, once you put your name in the portal you're saying that what the last month wasn't good did not did not match what what you want and uh i don't think you should make it about the money you should make it about what the best fit is and the the money will in fact in fact follow but 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 we'll see last thing um how awesome was that for Oklahoma State? So, I mean, they come in at 28-7, and Spencer Sanders was terrible, terrible. Yes. And they, and all of a sudden, they figured it out, and Notre Dame crumbled right before him.
2: I got to tell you, it's, it's, it's so apparent to me that one of the most underrated coaches in our sport, we never talk about him, and I fear that it's because a lot of people just don't like his politics that cover the sport. I really do, and and, and not to wade into those waters, but those that cover the sport don't agree with Mike Gundy, so they don't give him any love. But Mike Gundy is a hell of a football coach, a hell of a football coach. He's one of the most underrated football coaches in America. You know it because you follow Oklahoma State because you went there. This guy gets more (laughs) out of his teams than most, and this year was a case study in that. He got so much out of that team. Now, granted, it's a veteran team, and they were pretty good on defense, and they had played a lot of football together on that side, and it helped them out. But my goodness, this was not a team that was supposed to go and compete for a Big 12 championship, be an inch short, go to a New Year's Six Bowl, and beat Notre Dame. Mike Gundy's done a hell of a job, and, and this is one of those programs that I hope I hope continues to be on the level that it has been for the last decade. I fear that the, the economics of the, the current Big 12 and where it's heading without Oklahoma and Texas are really going to impact Oklahoma State. I hope that that's not the case, but again, that's another conversation for the expanded playoff and something that can hopefully continue to put that Big 12 or that caliber of team on the level in which they're getting a playoff spot in an expanded playoff on a more annual basis because I think that would really help and, and, and allow Oklahoma State to flourish under Mike Gundy. What a great game. I loved watching it. Loved it. It was,
0: it, was, it, was, it, was, it was quite amazing. And they tried to give it away, too. Two fumbles in the red zone in the fourth quarter. Just kind of kept Notre Dame at least afloat a little, a little bit. Uh, great stuff, as always, Joel. Great season. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Absolutely, bud. Happy New Year. Talk to you
0: soon. S- same to you. Joel Clatt. joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports
2: Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the
1: iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Check out the latest lines the World Sports, the BetRivers Sportsbook. BetRivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Got to be 21. President Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's get to the press. The Press.
3: Well, Doug, let's uh, start. You were talking about, you know, the commitment of players when it comes to the bowl game. Well, The Athletic is reporting that LSU is going to play in the Texas Bowl tomorrow against Kansas State with 39
0: scholarship players, none of which is a quarterback. Wow. See, this is where, like, I don't understand. Explain. What, What happened to their quarterbacks?
3: Well, they've gone into transfer portal and they've lost all their quarterbacks. Yeah, you know, with with the with the uh, Ed Orgeron uh, being fired and and the
0: this, Bryant- these are, these are where these kids are getting bad advice. Yeah, bad advice. Like, look, even if you don't want to stay at LSU or whatever, like, bro, you got a chance to play quarterback. You know, and you got a chance. You got a chance to play
3: quarterback in a January third game that's going to get some stay, attention. Uh, yeah, huh? you, you can put up numbers
0: and make a name for yourself. Hasta la vista. No question. Yeah, Max Johnson uh, entered the transfer portal, mm-hmm. right? And now he's transferring to Texas A&M. So, uh, 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 okay. Um, and that's uh, that's Brad Johnson's son, you know? And what's interesting is, I think Garrett Neusmeyer is the same, right? He put himself, why wouldn't Garrett Neusmeyer want to play in this game? I don't well, get it. Exactly. No, it's, it's amazing. If, if he plays, but- he would lose his eligibility for his redshirt season, but dude, go and play. You can always ask for a hardship if 3 years later you need it.
3: Yeah. Well, uh the Brooklyn Nets reporting that Kyrie Irving is going to finally make his NBA season debut Wednesday at Indiana. I see him
1: every day.
0: No, we don't <laughs> see him every day. We haven't seen him in a while. I can I I can't wait to see Kyrie play. I can't wait to see um Clay Thompson play which is coming up too. Yeah, that, that would be
3: coming up uh, on Sunday. Uh, you know who's not playing, though? Kevin Porter Jr. and Christian Wood. They're not playing tonight after uh, they had their incidents with John Lucas uh,
0: Saturday. 100%. Um. Yeah, I mean, like, look, John Lucas has seen it all, done it all. And both of those guys, though immensely talented, have gotten run out of previous places. So it shouldn't be a surprise that Christian Wood needs to grow up. And Kevin Porter, like, what's his deal with throwing things at people? It right. got him run out of Cleveland. Right. It should get him run out of Houston as well. Right. What's crazy is John Lucas is like the
3: ultimate players advocate, trying to help them be better people, better players, everything else.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. He, yeah. I mean, and and he's the one who's going to tell him the truth because he's been through it all. So. No one's gonna gonna side with Christian Wood or Kevin Porter in this thing.
3: Yeah, and real quick, Matt Lafleur is gonna play his starters because he doesn't want essentially three weeks off. Yeah,
0: he's not gonna play. They're not, they'll barely play. They just, just like, <laughs> hey, get out there and press. That was the press. <laughs> I mean, I I just it's like the it's like the Rams, right? Like those guys, there's no chance they with once. Once they're set in, they're not going s- to see the field. Check in the latest lines of world of sports. A better Sportsbook. book. Better versus the trust name in online sports betting. Got to be 21 present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. I like Big Ben and the Steelers tonight to win his final game. We'll discuss the Big Ben career. It's com- complicated tomorrow on the Doug Gottlieb Show.